this is Jason K. And this is Jason M. And this is Context Free, the gaming podcast without game in the title. Context Free here, we like to talk about retro games, VR games, mobile games, console games, tabletop cardboard games, pretty much any type of games. Role-playing games. Role-playing games. Yeah, yep, you name all, it. All the things. We will talk about it. I think we like talking about games just as much as playing them. Or clubs. Or close. Yep. <laughs> so somebody made a purchase. What'd you buy? No, it was you. Oh, yeah, right. I mean, I, I, I did. I bought Burgle Bros, but that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I finally took the plunge and bought a Switch. I don't need another console. Um, is it a console? Is it really a well, console? Well, it is. Yeah. yeah it's it can be a console. It's a console. Ninten- Nintendo Switch. I... I kind of believe in Nintendo appears to uh, have a good console every other console, as I've said. The Wii U, not so good. The Wii was great. I mean, it was great at the time. Uh, GameCube didn't do so well. N64 was was amazing. So I figured they got the every other one. I was not prepared to get another Nintendo. I thought it'd be fine. But I think two things probably tipped me over the the edge on this the, the advertising campaign where people at a at a cocktail party on the roof whip out no their, hey guys let's play switch because we're adults no it was also not the the labo of putting cardboard <laughs> around your switch i, I thought that was amazing paying, actually paying 70 dollars for cardboard i mean i wasn't gonna buy it but oh, i okay. thought it was cool oh it's cool but uh yeah i'm not gonna get that so it wasn't that either i think uh it was really um two things one of them was just being able to not have it be on the TV. A lot of times I find like that whole thing of like turning on the TV and, you know, fumbling with your multiple remotes to get it to show what you want. It's just, that's, that's a, that's a you problem. That's a me I, problem. I, I, have, I have one remote. Okay. <laughs> that's a you problem. But it's a commitment, right? Like it's like, I am going to sit on the couch and play this. And nobody come near me. Yeah. I'm stay, going to stay play away. this now, Right. Stay and, away. It, and it doesn't have that like pick it up, put it down thing that the phone has really succeeded at. Right. And so this lets you it's flexible. It lets you do either, mm. right? I mean, you can have it set up that way, which I have yet to do, by the way. I've, <laughs> I've yet to view it TV. on the TV. <laughs> I just I just pick it up and, and play it. And either I play it holding it, like you'd hold like a, that, what was that, the PSP? Right. Hold it just in your hand with, with both sides. Or you disconnect the controllers from the side and you set up the little screen like on the table with the little stand and you hold the controllers that way. So that um, that type of flexibility, that was, that was a big deal. Um, the other thing is that, you know, I love, I love indie games, I, you know, going back to all the original classics that, that got me into that genre, you know, whatever that was like 10 years ago now, you know, the braid world of goo, right. Splunky, that whole era of mm-hmm. indie games has continued on, you know, on through shovel Knight and, you know, all the games that have come up through that type of genre, what I, as just, I've been watching game journalism the last year. And in the past, Nintendo has never really done very well in that area. Nintendo's been amazing with their first-party titles. Right. For a while, it was Xbox, right? For a while. Yeah, exactly. Xbox uh, indie games were, were doing really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had Xbox for a long time. And Nintendo's always been really weak. They would get them last. They would have some of them. <laughs> they were never on sale. Right, they're still never on sale because it's Nintendo. But their hardware was so different than everyone else's that the ports were weird. Right, yeah. and so now a lot of these, a lot of these games like Hollow Knight or Dead Cells, you know, these mm-hmm. the, the uh, you know Inside, which has been out for a bit, but some of the newer ones, pretty much, I was watching, and every game that I was excited about was 
it was almost like it wasn't quite switch first, but it was absolutely will it be on the switch. Right. Right. It wasn't like, oh, I'm getting this just to play Kirby and Donkey Kong and Mario Kart <laughs> and and Zelda, right? I felt like I'd be able to play more than four or five first party titles and that would be the lifetime of the console. I would, you know, have these like twenty dollar style games and get to play those and getting to play them on a bigger screen than on a phone. I don't really like playing them on Steam. It's just it just seemed like the perfect fit plus with the bonus of getting to play the first party titles that i've enjoyed for for years right and there's this nintendo ism right or a nintendo-ishness where they're they're more generally more fa- family friendly maybe and and generally a little more um co-op-y right like maybe friendly for couch games right like you don't you don't buy an xbox or a playstation primarily to play with four people on a couch right that's right. I don't think you do. I think you primarily play those to get the big AAA titles that are more adult-themed, right. et cetera, whereas Nintendo's going to have... I mean, the, the best example is probably Mario Party, right? The, the Or Mario Kart. Or Mario Kart. Mario Kart or Mario Party would be the, the two best examples of of a game that, that you're going to... Super Smash Bros. Which I, which I can't stand, <laughs> but yeah. Um, but, you know, th- those sort of games where... You got to get the extra controllers and and all that, but that's really what it's, uh, you know, what it's, what it's built for. Um, And then you also have the titles like Zelda, which are just meant for you to Mm. play on your own, you Mm -hmm. know, sort of Skyrim style, just explore. They're not only that, but the, they skew, it feels like that platform skews a little bit more towards that sort of couch, couch friendly and family friendly than or couch co-op or whatever you want to call it. Like group, group play friendly. Right. Um, than the other ones do. So I would say I'm still, it's still early on. I've, I've only played a couple things on the Switch, but mm-hmm. but just the form factor alone for me and kind of where I'm at in the, the way that I like to play games, if I had to just pick one console, I I know this feels weird. I don't have a lot of playtime into it yet, but I think that would be the only one I would have. How much How much does the fact you don't like your couch contribute to your <laughs> desires? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more than that. I think it's more than than just that. It, the that whole thing of I'm now turning on the TV and going to play a game by myself, and mm-hmm. there's this force field around me. It feels like I'm, you know, shutting out the rest of the family when I'm doing right. that. And, and I mean, there's been exceptions. Like when I was playing XCOM two, you know, my kids would watch me play that, and everyone would kind of get into the battles, and and that was really interesting. But that's pretty rare. Well, uh, so especially first persons and things where you're swinging the camera around, right? And you're not controlling that camera. I think that's just disorienting to people to try to watch, for example. Yeah, that's right? that's pretty hard. But again, I like a lot of the, the indie games that are like platform style, yeah. Metroidvania, that mm-hmm. type of thing. So the only two games I've played on it so far um, are Hollow Knight, mm-hmm. which is one of these indie style games. It's Have you seen it at all? Mm-hmm. The art style and the sound and is really, really good. Um, probably one of the most well-produced in terms of just the art and the writing seems good. It's, it's fun. It's pretty difficult. Um, but I'm having a lot of fun with, with that. It's totally one of those games where I'm not, um, I'm not even going and finding out like why people think it's great because I just kind of want to have that exploration on my own. And, and, you know, just, I feel like that's how I best develop a love of a game is to just be like, Oh, this is what's really cool. I discovered this and I didn't even know it was coming. Right. Um, and so th- the it it's it's a lot of it's a lot of fun to play it really feels very exploration it's got a cool little kind of gimmick in it with the map so one of the the first shopkeeper 
that you find in most games, the first shopkeeper you find is going to sell you a sword or sell you a shield or something like that. In this, the first thing the, the shopkeeper sells you is um, the ability to see yourself on the map, <laughs> right? So you just start off with this map and you can explore it, but you don't know where you're at on it, right? And so, you know, you can you can basically use your little currency of from killing the insects and stuff to uh, see yourself on the map or to note where the save spots are, to note where the vendors are. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I've ever seen that in a game before where you're, where you're buying features for your in-game map. Usually that's just a feature of the game. So that, that was kind of cool. Um, I don't really know the whole lore. I can't really talk about it in terms of, you know, who is Hollow Knight and what's he all about and, mm. and all that. But it's got like a black and white kind of a, a Nightmare Before Christmas sort of a vibe to it. Right. The characters kind of look like that a little bit. That's the closest thing I can think of. But it's it's total, you know... Metroid Castlevania, where you're where you're going through from screen to screen and and getting a little bit farther and oh how do I get down to that thing oh, I have to go around and unlock the door and mm -hmm. you know that sort of rectangular screen to screen type of movement and you know within each screen jumping around platforming killing different monsters that get harder little mini bosses etc so that's a lot of fun and the other one I got was Super Mario Odyssey because I've always loved the 3D Mario games going back <laughs> to the N64 really. Yeah, I love that. Um, I love both Super Mario Galaxies. I just find that style of platforming fun. What I think is cool about Super Mario Odyssey is all of those games always gave you like an openness in terms of what world to go explore. Mm -hmm. So you could choose, do I want to go over here? Do I want to go try to get the extra stars out of this world? But in this one, rather than each world you go into being a linear A to B endpoint, mm -hmm. it's open inside of each world. Right. So you're not you're not just going along a track once you're in, you know, world three dot two. You can kind of go where you want and how do you want to collect the moons within that particular world and so open world Mario. Open world Mario, yeah. But open world not just in the overall the overland map, but inside of each level as right. well. And it and it as is typical with like Galaxy, you know, you can you know, there's all sorts of moves of somersaults and all the mm. all the things that Mario does, and that's pretty fun. And then I had the Wii U, which I'm probably gonna trade in now. But I had Zelda for that, which I hadn't really gotten into for kind of the reasons I said of of kind of sitting down and being like, this isn't really happening. So I traded that in, was and there was a sale on Amazon, so got the uh, Switch Zelda for like twenty five or something. Yeah, okay, which is a good deal. And so I think that being able to play that on handheld would be be pretty good. So that's pretty exciting. Were you? I want one. Thinking about it, I'm trying. I don't know. I need to find some games that uh, Rebecca and I will actually play together mm -hmm. on that on that platform, and then I might commit to it. So we'll see. I want to play the Zelda game because yep. I've heard so much about it. But uh, sure, but that's really kind of what I want it for is kind of more couch co op sort of games. Okay. So that's my that's my interest in the platform. I don't know if there's like a ton of the couch co op. I mean, there there's some, but I mean. Or even competitive, right? Like it, it, it yeah, yeah. It's just, it's. I know it's not going to be Super Smash Bros. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I can't get into that. I'm always, I'm always really, really bad at that. But so far, it's, it's pretty good. Um, I know my friend uh, Ryan from Out of Game Podcast. He, he got one recently. He, I don't remember the last console he had. Probably like, I don't know, maybe a 360 or something like that. I'm not sure right. what his. Uh, but he's not someone who like gets the latest things and got this, and it sounds like. You know, he's been into it and that was another thing, just kind of hearing some people I knew, another friend of mine, mm -hmm. I just knew a couple of people that were really gushing about it and saying like they're having a great time, um, 
playing on the Switch, particularly for that handheld factor. So I like the flexibility. It's it, it seems pretty good. It certainly seems like it's uh, drawing a lot more developer attention than the Wii U, which got <laughs> almost none. So yeah. Well, so uh, we didn't talk about this earlier, but what do you um, what do you think about this whole Telltale Games situation? Have you have you given it any thought about it or? I haven't dove into it. What do you What do you know? What, so um, what happened? I don't know much. I, I my impression has been that they haven't been doing super well, you know, historically, just as a as a company. So I'm I'm. So what happened? So Telltale's kind of announced that they're essentially going out of business. And Telltale did tell. Wolf Among Us, and they did um, Walking Dead. Walking Dead. Those are the, probably the two biggest ones. Yeah, but there's like there's a bunch more, and that might be the problem. But but basically, <laughs> they, they just let go. I think every the vast majority, the vast majority, yeah, they're yeah, pretty yeah. much done. I mean, yeah, bad, so, it sounds like it's been a bad management situation. That's that's what lots of people are saying loudly. One of their former CEOs has been suing them for the last year and a half. Right. Um, so this is this is a development studio that was you know had a couple good adventure game hits. Looked mm. like that was the new the new model, and then they started just pumping out a lot of games in the same formula, maybe not the same quality. And just really couldn't find, you know, the audience wasn't happy with it or just wasn't growing the audience, et cetera. And they yeah. they went under. Yeah. I mean, apparently, I mean, they, they, uh, so I, I talked to them at Austin film festival last year. So, Oh wow. Who'd um, you talk to? I blanking on the guy's name, but, but well, what type of, per, what type of person? Uh, the, he's kind of a, uh, uh, design, like, uh, he wasn't head designer, but he, uh, but he's, game he's design. one of the, okay, yeah, yeah. Sure. And so, so I was at Austin film festival or Austin film festival, which is really kind of writing centric. And they were, um, they kind of had a spot, uh, in one of the bar restaurants and they were just talking to writers and, and, and trying to sell people on, 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 uh, essentially being like consultant narrative designers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and writing content for them. And they, they obviously had a really kind of tight framework, uh, as a business, right? So they were, I don't want to say choose your own adventure, but kind of choose your own adventure, right? They're, they're kind of, you know, dialogue tree and, and, uh, but it was all the same formula. Right. Well, that, less, well, that's right? when I say they have a framework with, with different skins. Yep. You know, do you want to do the game of Thrones thing or yep. the walking dead thing? And, and which isn't completely negative or critical no, I'm not right? s- like yeah so they 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 had a platform and, and the games were fun i thought wolf among us was 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 pretty fun mm-hmm. um but it was very obvious like they were a, the kind of company that made that style of games and they had this right. kind of narrative structure and, and and engine down so it's a little sad that they they couldn't make that work mm-hmm. uh because i'm a big fan of kind of interactive fictiony sort of things as I mean a, how many how many times have we went through the birth and death of this genre of game <laughs> right I mean there's been so many different yeah yeah over and over peaks and, over. and valleys of yeah. this style of game it's always declared dead and then I mean before they came out with their games I think it was it was dead right and so it's like somebody brings it back within but they need to innovate within their own space and if they weren't doing that then maybe that's an issue yeah I, I yeah I, I, we're not connected in any way to no kind of the no. real story behind it. It's just, it's, it's kind of sad because it was a kind of an interesting part of the business or mm-hmm. part of the, what did you, part of gaming. what did you think of their, their pricing model? So that turned me off. I'll just say that in terms of selling the kind of subscription. Yeah. I mean, I know that's all the rage. I mean, that's how everything needs to be, you know, in terms of having this subscription thing, but <laughs> I didn't like the idea of, of having to pay. Like, I feel like I'm being nickeled and dimed. I'd rather just get, 
sort of pay the whole dollar. So the pricing, the pricing model that you're referring to is like buying episodes. Correct. In a, in a Typically game. five, I think in their Yeah. Series. And, um, you know, I did with Wolf Among Us, I did the same sort of thing with, um, Oh gosh, the teenage girl simulator game. Um, life is strange. Life is strange. So I did the same. I did, I, I purchased episodes in life is strange. Generally, I find it kind of annoying mm-hmm. when it's tacked on. Right. So like, uh, one of the big things to do now is, is with things like Assassin's Creed is, you know, you, you buy a season or something, but really you're buying a whole game and then you're, you're paying a fairly hefty rate to get a couple kind of expansions, right. Mm-hmm. With, with things like Assassin's Creed. So it, it feels really like, like a money grab in that platform. But for them, it, it, to me felt more like a business model. Cause you could buy all the the episodes right yeah and on the other side if you didn't like it you didn't have to keep buying episodes right so i don't know i i I understand the kind of visceral reaction people have to anything that just vaguely smells like a subscription gym membership right well and and this this holds the same way for me with with tabletop stuff like mm -hmm. at first i was really into fantasy flights living card game thing right so you had the old style of magic and and those sort of games which were the collectible card game where you'd buy boosters and you wouldn't know what's in them right they came out with the living card game where it's like they come out with stuff every four to six weeks or whatever and you know exactly what's in there but you have to keep buying because if you don't then you don't have the latest stuff and so you're you're you just feel like you're being strung along i i'm just the sort of person where i would rather pay $25 $25 for my indie game, or I'd rather pay $60 for my yeah. board game and be like, I have the experience. So I don't have to keep going through this buying process. But that's, that's where I'm disagreeing with you, right? It's like, you could buy the whole season up front, right? Like it, it didn't, it didn't say buy this game forever and pay us a subscription, right? Mm-hmm. You could pay 40 bucks or 50 bucks or whatever it was to buy all five episodes ahead of time. Right. Um, which I, like if you think about it, isn't really that much different from paying sixty, 60 bucks. No, to it's buy, a mental. It's a like, mental model. No, thing. no. I, I, model. I think I think what's happening right is that you're getting some of that icky subscription stuff right. on you. Yes, because it looks like that. Yes, and 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 in their case, I I don't feel like it was right. I, I feel like it was actually like better for you as a consumer because you could buy an episode and hate it and not buy. I the agree. Rest. No, I so, agree with you. I but, hear it, but. You're you, and I'm sure a lot of people's visceral reaction is ew, gross subscription. I don't want another gym membership or uh, you know eel tacked onto me or whatever. Lamprey, rem, lamprey. I'm reading a book. Rem-ra. I'm re- reading a book about the Great Lakes with sea lampreys. So I don't oh, want any sea lampreys you know, hanging I'm, off my yeah, belly. Yeah, that that was a that was an analogy from uh, geez from another podcast. That's from uh, all right. Well, I will attribute later. <laughs> The, the Remora analogy of, of subscription model. But so I, I'm just a little sad that they went out of business. I, I didn't really, you know, I, I wasn't going to take a job with them or anything, but, but, uh, you know, they, they were like, Hey, here's our interview process, you know, write an interactive fiction game in this kind of mm-hmm. weird little framework. And I'm like, Oh, that's pretty, that's pretty cute. I like it. I'm, I'm glad this exists. And now I'm a little sad that they kind of nuked themselves, but, uh, RIP telltale. Goodbye. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, somebody played some D&D in public and didn't get publicly shamed and is very, very distraught about it. So. I'm not distraught about it. <laughs> no. So last night, last night we, uh, the group, I have not played um, a D&D game in almost a year. It's been a really long time. Just um, scheduling whatever the game we were playing with the family kind of hasn't been going in, in a long time. And I have some friends that we play like, it just was very on again, off again. And it 
probably had been since January or something since we played. So it's been quite a while. And I missed the last couple and they played at a local brewery, um, just fiction brewery down the, down the street here on Colfax. And, you know, I, I was, I had not played there before. I mean, I've been to fiction before and I was wondering like kind of what, what that was going to be like. Right. I mean, it's Saturday night. We were there from like eight 30 till they closed till after they closed, they were totally cool with us being there. And it was unbelievably normal. It was like, it was not even, it was not even a, a, a thing. And I was just kind of ruminating on how, like, I feel 10 years ago, I feel like, I don't know, am I crazy or would it have been a thing 10 years so ago? So I think, I think you're experiencing some, some, uh, some 1980s, um, emotional scarring overlap, right. Or, or, or residue, uh, yeah, 1980s, uh, D and D residue, like in the eighties, if you recall, there was a moral panic about how D and D is turning children into, uh, devil worshiping murderers. And, and, um, well, there was a lot of moral panics in the eighties about devil worship and murder and children and insanity. Um, <laughs> and then I think in the nineties, it, it maybe became more of a, uh, Oh, you're a nerd that plays D and D sort of thing. Right. And, now all those people go to bars and are adults and get right. to, get to do what they want. Right, and it's not like, it's not like we're it's not like we're you know wearing wizard hats or anything like that. We Wait just, a minute, no, you, you no. didn't wear you no, didn't, no you didn't dress hats. up. No, no, but just having. Did you shoot foam darts at each other? Or? No, no, no. But I mean, <laughs> we got a big map out and we got our dice out and we got our yeah. players' handbooks you had, out. You had D twenties, so we had D twenties, yeah. right? <laughs> but we're drinking beer. The bartender was like he's a player he was coming by and checking out the game i mean it was it, it was a non-event and i mean i guess it 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 should be i just i just feel like you don't see it that often so it still felt a little i mean it's not like you go out all the time and you see people to be to be clear this is one of many kind of brew pubs in the denver metro with a lot of games in them right like there's some i guess there's more than zero right? there's more and, than zero and, and whenever i've been there there's been someone playing some sort of game sure in that in that uh, brew, brew pub, brew brewery, brew, brew tap room, tap room. Sure, uh, sure, sure. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh. So I don't, I don't, I don't feel like it was super out of the norm, but I, I just think I'm glad you had a good time. I'm, I'm. I'm just I'm, saying I'm there's glad, a gap. I'm, I'm just saying there's a gap between people playing Cards Against Humanity at a brewery, right. and having their D20 in their in their it's true. minis out on a map. There's I'm, a difference, <laughs> right? I'm glad. I'm glad none of the characters from Revenge of the Nerds football team came to. <laughs> shame you for playing D. <laughs> I don't know. I I I guess I'm making it a, a thing because a lot of people don't. A lot of people still play it like I mean I'm just saying my point is, is that you don't see it a lot and I think it's because I'm not the only person feeling residual yeah. Uh, nerd shame from their childhood, right? <laughs> that a lot of people are like, "Oh, we could play in the basement." They're they're maybe just not comfortable with that. So maybe. I'm not the only person. Is what I'm trying to say. No, no, no. But like we're like we're in a time where like comic books are making billions of dollars in the box office, and and uh, you know, oh, and we, there's we, tons of YouTube channels of people playing and, mm-hmm. and them making a lot of money. Mm-hmm playing role-playing games yeah. and people watching them play role-playing right. games. Right. right? I mean, like literally watching people roll dice and, and, you know, play Dungeons and Dragons on a video. And there's podcasts. Yeah. So, so literally 
It's like if in the eighties there had been like a channel of people playing D and D. What do you mean a channel? Like, like a, a television like channel, like a broadcast yeah, yeah, channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be that's weird. the modern. Well, but that's the modern. Yeah, you know, yeah. you get. Uh, I was going to say YouTube, but it's not probably YouTube most of the time. It's probably um, it's probably usually Twitch where people are 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 playing that sort of thing or or a podcast or whatever. But it could be YouTube, and it's just crazy like that's the modern young person's modern tv so so let me let me just add one more point to this Mm -hmm. you you and i went to Beacon, Mm -hmm. which was a a gaming conference Mm -hmm. in northern suburbs here in denver uh it was labor day weekend you you came up on sunday i went a few days i i went there purely to play board games with my gaming group Mm -hmm. and and that's that's why i was there uh you came up on sunday because we played helenica with scott yep you know after after we all chatted last time and you hung around played another game or two after that but did you notice the side rooms of people around banquet tables playing D and D? Did you go check it out? Like, like there's a difference, right? My, my, I did I go try to join? There? Well, no, no, no. I'm saying, but those are all organized games. <laughs> like, I hello, fellow traveler. No, I just, too am a bard. <laughs> I don't know. I just have no playing role playing games for me is about playing with people I know. Yeah, well, and, so that... and it's a, it's a, it's like a, it's like a social thing that I enjoy doing with friends. Not something that I want to do with, you know, random people. Right. So, so that's kind of a different dynamic. Like the the very nature of D anD D is you don't want to play D anD D with random. I don't people. Some no. people do. I don't though. Uh, Most people don't. Sane people probably. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm too risk averse. Um, risk averse. It's it's just it's it can be pretty brutal. Um, I can just imagine being stuck there for three yeah. hours with some right. super schmo, schmo, yeah, yeah, crazy, yeah, random. Whereas with a board game, you can kind of impose the rules of the game upon them and be like, all right, well, right, you know, right. Whereas, you have no control. Whereas the role playing game, they're just like, I'm going to go and you know chop your head off or something. <laughs> now what do you do? <laughs> I don't know. I, I just feel like there's a that element of like kind of the, the RPG stuff at like a con is different to me, and I'm being judgy but it's different to me. And that's kind of what I superimpose on myself playing outside of like, I would be perceived the way that I'm perceiving them. That's, that's kind of where I'm, what I'm not oh, saying. Oh, so you're, you're saying you're perceiving people that are, that are, that are playing D and D with randos at a, at yeah, a, at a, at yeah. A I'm, being, I'm being, I'm being you're, not, not just, cool, but you're I'm just so judging. I'm being judging. You're, you're the judges. I'm being judging. No, no, you're, I think you're just observing that, that, that is not what you want out of playing D and D. Right. And you know, you're, to a certain extent, maybe lucky that as a, as an adult, you, you, have, you have a lot of opportunity to play D and D, right? And some, yeah. More than, more than, yeah, 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 sure. yeah. More, not just at a con, right? Where, um, I don't know. I, I too agree. Like it wouldn't, wouldn't be for me, but, um, I don't think it's super weird. To but you do. would play with us at fiction. I sure. Sure. Okay. I mean, I haven't played since I'm not second you. edition. Yeah, like yeah, I, 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 just, I, 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 I mean, I meant in theory. I don't, I don't, I don't know what has replaced the Thacko and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, like I, I'm, I'm not against it in, in principle. No, I, 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 I don't have a lot of, uh, uh, well, that's de- true. Defensive I saw, nerd shame. I saw so. you playing I Dark Overlord at that yeah, one yeah, group yeah. up, so you yeah, have yeah. no shame. I have no shame. <laughs> oh boy! And I was playing I Dark Overlord with in with yeah, randos, with randos, and very nice people. Actually, yeah. we had a good time. And I was uh, I I was using voices. You so were into it. I was in. I was trying to commit. You were committed. I was trying to have a good time. No doubt about you know. it. Um. <laughs> 
So I, I, I was gonna say, I noticed that you recorded your first play on Board Game Geek. What was that about? I did. What, was, what, I what mean, did I put down? Was you it Burgle Bros? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Burgle um, Brothers or Burgle Bros? Well, it's B-R-O-S period. Right. So I, I'm sure, I guess it's Burgle Brothers, but Burgle Bros, I don't know. I've been I still saying, like saying bros. No, no one likes saying bros. Yeah. It's it's um something I don't know. Uh, so so w- why yeah. is that? Is that what you're asking? Why did I yeah. record it? Um, I don't know. I I need to go through my kind of pile of games that I don't play, and <laughs> and one way to do that is to actually record when I do, um, and try to try to pretend that that I'm 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 uh, you know more deeply participating in the in the board game side of things um so <laughs> pretending like pretending it. well so we um we tend to overcommit to to things like like arkham right like uh which is kind of like a weekend where you know you spend hours and when hours was the last time you played that we a while that's my point yeah. and and i think part of the reason why we don't play a lot of things is that we that used to be the sort of thing that we would play is is something that we're the the level of commitment is super high, right? Um, whereas something like uh, Burgle, Burgle, Burgle Brothers, something like Burgle Brothers is is um, you know the, the level of commitment smaller, so we can kind of set up the game in maybe five ten minutes and remember how to play in five ten minutes. I just thought it was interesting. That was like the the like there was something about it. I guess it was maybe the art that caught you, but like you went out and bought it, you played it, you recorded it. It was like a <laughs> it was like a new birth. You're like. You're like I'm all in. Like, Welcome to the team. Well, yeah. I, I just thought it was like you did all of that on your own. I did. I do buy things on my own on occasion. Um, well, so you know, my, you can understand my surprise. I I can understand okay, your surprise. Okay. So so you so we don't we don't have like a larger group. So when we're if we're gonna play something at home, it's gonna be the two of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it also means. Um, and if you play with us, I have all. And if stuff. I play with yeah. you, you have all the games, right? right? So, what I've been trying to pay attention to is things that we'll actually play. And I've been doing the same thing. <laughs> shocking, shocking, shocking enough. Finally learned how to do this. <laughs> it's amazing in life how you learn things over time. Um, buy so, things you will use. Buy things you will use. I, I try to. Yeah. Um, but I just, you know, I have a bunch of things that we don't play. I have a bunch of things for for some of my friends that, that I I. Honestly, I don't see much anymore. Right. Um, that you thought you'd play with them. That I thought we. That, that I thought I'd play with them, and and things that I don't. That are that are like so so themey that I think you would not like them. <laughs> For instance, so like zombies. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't like, think zombie like, games. Yeah. 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 But like literally the game zombies, right? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. It's 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 not your style, or whatever. But, Although I played Dead of Winter. Yeah. No. I. I yeah. I, I, but, and I like that a winner. Yeah. So when we when we play it correctly and I don't script the rules. <laughs> we need to play it again. Yeah. So that we can actually win and take out the trash as you do in, in Dead of Winter. But 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 so I have a lot of games and I, I just don't see those friends as much as I used to. Right. Um and so we don't play those particular right. games that that uh kind of more align with their interests. So um and and there's some that I've just bought and I've never played. Uh, or I bought and I thought I would play and I'm like, Ugh, I'm not going to play that. Uh, and so, so how do you fix that? Is it just more research? Do you think of finding things that are a better fit for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I think part of that's that and some of them are just games that other people have bought me based on, especially like based on theme that are things that kind of don't fit the model. Like we have Battlestar that a friend of mine bought me and, and like 
Rebecca and I aren't going to sit there and play Battlestar. Well, you can't play that. Right. It's a two-player game anyway. So, right. Yeah. But, like, it, so I'm just saying it doesn't fit the model. Like if, if we were hanging out uh, with those friends more or, or with some other kind of groups, like right now it's not even possible. Uh, so it just kind of sits there. Uh, so... Yeah. So, and I guess you can you can borrow things from me. You can kind of use like the library sort of method and be like, oh, let's try this out. Do we like this style? <laughs> Which I did. Yeah. Right. So I borrowed Dominion. Did the I say hot it right? new game. The hot new game from Dominion. Two thousand and eight. Two thousand and eight. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I hadn't. I'm not a. I'm not a player of deck builder games, right? And we talk about deck builders a lot. And I'm like, I should maybe play a couple. Yeah. Um. Because like long term. I think it would be fun to to do game design and and that sort of thing just as a you know as as a thing um but, but being like only kind of intellectually aware of, of that sort of thing you know it's not sure you don't know how to you don't you don't know a style if you haven't ever played it right you know you can yeah you can talk about it but until you know like okay do, do right. I find this fun of shuffling cards buying cards and whatever and and I think you know you need to recognize that was the first of its kind yeah no right? so that was the that was the the in, the founding work, and I really think that you would like like the legendary series right. a lot, which you which you sent me and has a high rating and has a high uh, theme. high theme. Quality. So I think there's a number of reasons why you would like it. One is that you you play or at least the the legendary Marvel one I have, but they have Predator, they have Alien, they have X Files coming out, they have all these different. They're co-opy. They're co-opy, but you're still trying to be the best of the co-opy. Right. Right. So it's it's that competitive cooperative style where you're trying to do your own best. And there are some little attack cards, but they're not like total screwage cards. They're, <laughs> you know, they're, you're still trying to beat the bad guy, but you're just trying to be the best, right. You know, on the good guy side. You can take someone's corn muffin at lunch, but you're, you're not murdering them. <laughs> <Right>. so. <laughs> um, so I, th- and because they're really thematic, they, and they also tend to have a lot of them have a lot of replayability. Mm. Like the, the legendary Marvel one, I mean, they have, you know, tons of expansions for it, but just the different combinations of the heroes you can put into the pool, what villains, all of that, you just get a lot of really neat combinations in the same way that Dominion kind of invented that idea of like, oh, what combinations determine the style of the play. Right. I just think that Dominion is just like dry as stale toast. I mean, it's just <laughs> so well, dry. It is, well, it is for you, right? Because, because you've been exposed to all the newer things, right? So it's like going back... It's going back and watching a movie from the twenties. Maybe this is maybe an uncharitable analogy, but you go back and you go watch Metropolis or something. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like classic sci-fi silent film. Um, it's it's kind of not as fun as watching you know things explode on on screen now, and and uh, you know people learn how to how to build narrative on on film. Yeah. Just like just like watching TV shows from from the eighties, right? They're awful compared to you know the Game of Thrones and sort of stuff we enjoy now. So, I as the person that hasn't played those games, I I see what you mean, right? Sure. But I kind of wanted to. I kind of wanted to get the essence right and play the original like no. We should yeah transitional games. So. Yeah, we we should. And and I'm actually the sort of person that I really defend the old classics. Like I mean, a lot of people nowadays, if it was if it hasn't coming out, you know, after 2013, <laughs> right? They're like, oh well, that's from an old era of games, and and it can't be any good. I think that there's a lot of great old classics that I, I really love, you know, like El Grande and Tigers and Euphrates, et cetera. I mean, those are <laughs> fantastic games to me. And some people think that they're, they're outdated or outmoded and that you have to have a different level of production value and a different level of narrative drive and, and all that. And I, right. I, I like 
both. I'm just saying that in particular Dominion, I've played it 20 sometimes and I just, I just find it like, um, it just feels like such a purely mechanical exercise. It just feels very dry to me. And and I recognize what it's doing is, is cool and inventive for its time. And I totally give it all the accolades that it, it deserves. It's just not something that I'd be like, Hey, let's play that game. Cause I just don't think it, it, I think it's just been sort of, you know, put out to pasture by some of the newer innovations. Sure. Sure. And, and to complete my, my film analogy, right? Like I, I, I recently watched, um, or I, I purchased, I should say, um, uh, Maltese Falcon and, and, uh, you know, I watch Casablanca all the time. I freaking love that film. Yeah. And, you know, it's really easy to criticize art or, or whatever from a certain age or a time as not being as whatever as, as, um, as, as the latest thing. But, you know, that's, that's why, you know, I'll probably play some of my older games too from time to time. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And, no, I, and, 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 and I will probably keep playing and replaying freaking last of us. Forever. <laughs> I'm just excited. I'm just excited that, um, because you've had a lot of the same things sitting on the shelf and haven't played the, you know, you went out, like I said, you went out, got something, oh. played it, you borrowed Dominion. I think we should give a little more context. I so think that's great. So I saw the Burgle bros box on your, on your table. Yep. One of the last times I was here and I was like, Oh, what is that? That's really pretty. Like it's, it's, it's just got a very so it's a unique box, right? The box looks like a tiny little office building. Yeah. 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 But the, the, the art style is very, I don't know how to describe that art style. It, it's, it's kind of like sixties caper style, right? So if you think of, uh, oceans 11, well, that's what or, it is in theme. Yeah. 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 It's like a movie poster of oceans 11. On, right. On but the it's, box. it's, the art style of maybe, um, but anyway, the, the art style really sang to me and I was like, Oh, that looks, that looks awesome. And then we kind of talked about kind of the style of game it is. And I saw the rating on BGG is, is really high and, and it's a co-op game. I know that, uh, you know, Rebecca and I might, might actually play. Mm-hmm. Um, and so cause like, you guys have, and I'm, it's, and it's tiny, like it won't take up any space. No, don't think, of a, don't think of any space. <laughs> it does really unpack into kind of a a big table space though. Sure. For yeah. as compact as it stores, yeah, yeah. you kind of need a big table to play because you're basically setting, a, you're setting up three different floors of an office building. Mm. And you are about to go and crack the safe on each floor, avoiding the guards and then making your way with the loot from all three safes out the roof of the building. Right. And you have to get by all the different alarms and all these things. And I think it's, it's quite a bit of fun. The theme is just absolutely great. The art, I love the presentation, the whole, all of that. Um, there's a chihuahua. Yeah. There's, there's the damn chihuahua that barks and sets off the alarm. Um, you know, it's a little bit to set up and take down, but it's not, it's not too bad. And I also like that. It's kind of like got that pandemic puzzly feel. I mean, it's about that, but it's different. Mm. A lot of games that are sort of do the, the straight up thing that pandemic does. Whereas this with the roaming guards on the floors, that's a different thing. And it's, it, it, it's just a different type of puzzle. Um, compared to like the pandemic and then the forbidden desert and forbidden Island, all those, uh, Matt Leacock games that that are, in my opinion, effectively the exact same game (laughs) reprinted (laughs) multiple times. Uh, this does something a little bit different in the way that ghost stories does a different type of puzzly game. Right. It's they're, they're all games that you could just totally play by yourself. Yeah. But I mean, you, you know, you don't you're basically doing this like you're cooperatively solving a puzzle, which is kind of true. Like you could play a pandemic by yourself. Absolutely. Right. Like it, it, it it's and I kinda... totally have on the iPad. Oh yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. And I have played Burgle bros 
uh, on my iPhone as a way to make sure that I actually understood the friggin' rules. Oh, did you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, it's five bucks on the uh, five ninety nine, five four ninety nine, something like that on on the iPhone, um, and it has not been redone for the ten, so it does not. Work doesn't work at all super well oh, okay. it, it works but it's a little okay. not great um but it was great to be like i think i understand how to play this game but i, I i'm convinced we're missing some things and doing some stuff wrong and and playing it on the phone you know helped me be a little more confident and i've definitely done that before mm-hmm. where i've no it's great a couple games yeah. where i've played on the phone and that's uh that's why i crush at carcassonne Rush? <laughs> Do you? Are you really good at Carcassonne? <laughs> I, I'm, I haven't played it for a long time, but like we stopped playing it because I kept winning all the time. Oh, we should play it because I used to play it on my phone. All I don't the think time. I'm very good at it. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if I am. But just vanilla. Yeah, yeah. Just no vanilla. expansions or anything like no, that. No, no, no. Okay. Do you? How do you prefer playing Carcassonne? I'm curious. Two, well, two player or more than two player? Because well, it's kind of a different game. Because I don't think I've played it more than two player. Maybe okay. maybe with you guys once or twice, maybe. Okay. Oh, I'm sure we've done it once, but it's yeah, been... a long time. It's been, it's been a long time. I mean, honestly, my focus on, on tabletop games at home are two player, two player. games that, that'll work out. And if I just win all the time, it's not fun, right? For either of us. So, Or if she wins all the time, it's not fun for either of yeah, us. Yeah. So um, that's why something that we're kind of evenly matched on or the cooperative style stuff. Yeah, or co-op. Yeah, yeah. We used to play Hive, for example. As a, Did you? Yeah, for a little bit. Interesting. Yeah. Because that's one that I feel like... And it's on the phone. It is, but I feel like Hive is one of those games like tennis where if one person's a lot better, it's not a lot of fun for the yeah, other person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's so... It's just... It's like playing chess, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't play Hive anymore? No, well, not for a while. So, not for a, a year or two. But, okay. But uh, it's... I'm not getting rid of it. So I like, I like, I like yeah, no, I like I, my hive set and I like, think we would try to play it again if we went camping or something maybe that yeah. required something really small. Yep. So, hmm. so, um, what, what have you been playing lately other than the switch? Anything? I can talk about what I've been playing. Cause I played, I bought donut country. Am I saying it right? Is it donut country? Damn oh, it. the one where you're the sinkhole. The, well, you're. Yeah, you're a sinkhole, and you're you're just, just so I'm not convinced it's a game. Um, this is it, on the PS4. It's I bought it on the PS4. I think yeah. it's available and other things. So the idea is that there's this raccoon who has purchased the donut shop, and he sends donuts to places. Except he really sends sinkholes to places. And so you the, the gameplay, okay. it's really cute, and yeah. the music there's there's a really the music's really cute. I I freaking love this game, but um. So you're a sinkhole and you start out really small. Yeah. Right. And as you eat things, the sinkhole gets bigger and bigger, Katamari and bigger style. right? Katamari style. And, yeah. um, so it's like, it's very cute and Katamari ish. Uh-huh. And, and oh, can I just say that I am really, really excited for the first Katamari game that comes out on the switch? Oh yeah. That's going to be, is it coming there? I think there's going to be something. Oh, well, there should be. That'll be really exciting. Be. <laughs> Cause it just, it just feels like you need to roll up the world when you're playing on this. You know, you know what I want? I want an AR Katamari. I want people like running around sidewalks, just pretending to roll things up with their phone. That would, that would, that would hold. I mean, for anybody <laughs> who's listening to this show, if you've never played a Katamari game, oh yeah, I, I, I really hate being the person who's like, you gotta play this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm gonna just say that about. <laughs> <laughs> it's like portal you gotta you gotta you gotta, you gotta well, play a little bit of it and no there's something so so in katamari you're you are you start off as a little sticky ball and you just 
roll around and as you roll around you pick up things that are appropriate to your size so as you get larger so you might start off picking up like little checkers and playing cards and things and then as you get bigger you're able to pick up mugs and plates and then eventually you're rolling around picking up pianos and then you keep rolling around and you're picking up continents and there is something so incredibly satisfying about <laughs> about seeing a really big item and then finally being big enough to roll it up into your giant ball it's like when you have a ball of tape right and you just keep rolling it until it gets bigger. I, there is something just internally satisfying about the whole mm -hmm. entire concept of playing Katamari that I can't and, describe. And the two games are both delightful, right? Like yeah. there, there's something, you know, they're not, it's not like, you know, a simulated murder game or whatever, right? Like you're, you're, it's just silly and delightful. Yeah. And yeah. So I, I definitely recommend Doma country. I'm not convinced it's a game. Um, but it's delightful. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So the, so the, I've been playing that and I was going to buy the new, uh, Tomb Raider, uh, where Lara Croft is apparently either predator. So good. She's either Thanks. predator or Rambo in the trailers. She's just like, you know, just, just super like stealth murder person from I, like covered yeah. in mud and i'm like what 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 is this like what where are the puzzle solving? i thought you were playing the assassin's creed wouldn't that be better to play or did you finish that uh i finished i finished the main thing okay. i could I, as we talked about earlier i could i could keep giving them money to play more assassin's right, creed right. um but you know those ubisoft games are so samey after a while yeah. that um anyway it, i know. like I, I enjoyed it for a little bit so i bought something i thought I would like instead because I'd heard really good things about it, um, which was the new Spider-Man game, which I thought was going to be, you know, kind of, kind of dumb. Sure. And again, it's freaking delightful. So they captured the web slingingness of Spider-Man, like swinging between the buildings mm -hmm. is my favorite part of the game. Why? You're just, you're just, because the graphics are so good and the controls are so good that you, you are, you, you are kind of, you're experiencing in as much as you can in a console video game, like what it's like to be that, that Spider-Man character swinging, swinging between, between buildings yeah. to get from play to play place to place. And, and, and the rest of the game is kind of more kind of Batman, uh, Arkham ish, right? Yeah. Like you're either stealthing or you're showing up and you're fighting a big mob of bad guys doing bad guy things. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the writing is good, and the 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 graphics are great. And well, speaking the, of Spider Man, have yeah. you seen that trailer for the Miles Morales movie? Yes, that looks amazing. That looks really good. Yeah, yeah. It's. I'm not usually a superhero movie type, but that that looks great. Well, the writing comes across really, really I love well. The art style, yeah. it just looks yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. The, the yeah, yeah. So what, I don't remember what it's called. The, I don't the, Miles, the title either. The Miles Morales. I just Spider know thing. it's the Miles Morales Spider Man. Well, it's thing. like December, I think that it, that that, that comes I'll out. definitely go see that. Yeah, it looks. And like I said, it's very rare that I'm like, oh, I'm going to totally go see yeah. this superhero movie. Jason is not the superhero. No, I, I'll see him. I'm just I'm excited about this one. Yeah, yeah. I think it'll be great. So Spider Man, this game, delightful. What have you been playing? Very cool. Uh, so, like I mentioned, I've been playing Hollow Knight and Super Mario Odyssey on the Switch and uh, continuing uh, my ongoing addiction to Slay the Spire on Steam. Play that, you know, a couple times a week, probably. And then I oddly got back into playing. I, I, I went through my Steam library and I was just looking at like things that weren't installed, had not been played, just seeing like things I'd bought over time mm. that were sitting there. I'm like, I don't need to get anything new here. I'm sure there's things I've never played that I bought because they were on some ridiculous sale for $2.99 or whatever. And I had a board game port. So they have Small World. I don't know if you ever played Small World. Um, and 
I don't know why. Small World is a board game that was really big, uh, probably 2010 or so. And it's, you know, using your word delightful, it's very silly. It's, uh, and I can show it to you later. It's, it's got this map and it's got different maps based on if you're playing with two, three, four, five players. And it's got all the different fantasy races and all these different sort of modifiers. So, and you scramble the modifiers when you play. So you might be flying giants or merchant sorcerers or, you know, uh, rampaging Amazons, right? And then you you mix them up because you have like a left side and a right side, like a almost like making a sentence. Mm. Very basic game in terms of the gameplay. You're just putting down, basically capturing capturing territory, um, and then you put your race into decline. So you when they go into decline, they flip over, and then you can pick a new race. Oh yeah, okay, I remember this. Have yeah. you played it? Ah, uh, I think we may have played it together. Really? Okay. Yeah. So I've just been playing that against the AI like mm-hmm. a little bit on, on steam. Cause I had it in my library. I didn't even ever remember buying it. Mm-hmm. I, like I said, I probably got it for like a buck or a buck 99 at some point. Um, and small world is not a game that really ever hits the table. I own it. It was probably one of the first games that I ever bought and got expansions for Cause it was like, Oh, you got all these new, you know, races and modifiers and everything. Um, so just been playing that a little bit. And now I'm kind of inspired to play it again on the tabletop just because I've been having fun with it. Um, playing the port. So I've been playing that a little bit. And then we finally uh, got Seventh Continent back to the table, which we talked about several episodes ago. And I talked about how much I liked it and just see playing. And we started over because we had been playing with the kids and we just weren't, it wasn't hitting the table. And we found that if just Stacey right. and I played that we would be more likely to just play whenever because it's such an easy game to take out and clean up like mm-hmm. unlike gloomhaven mm-hmm. which feels like a half hour on either side <laughs> this is literally like two minutes right um and we've been playing that we played it a couple times this weekend uh, for like an hour hour and a half and it's it is just so brilliant i mean i i, I really can't say enough good things there's so many things that this game does right in so many different ways that i find interesting she finds interesting it's like Totally the sort of co-op, unlike the co-ops we were talking about, where you're solving some puzzle and you could kind of play by yourself. You could play Seventh Continent by yourself, but I really feel like the fun is in getting different tools and, and how you approach different different problems and kind of the whole theme of exploring this island and, hey, I found a bow, now we can go hunting. And it, it just has this really organic exploration feel to it that... Um, is a lot like reminds us, you know, reminds us of sitting and playing an adventure game together where one of us is playing and, you know, you just explore and, and it has all of all the trappings of, of that. Um, with a fast save game, with a fast save game, just like playing, yeah, yeah. playing a video game. I mean, it, you just sort of pile the cards in a certain way and then they unpile and, and come out just as they were. And it, it takes like, you know, almost no time to do. And, I really, really am sad that this game is not more widely available. <laughs> I, I know I am because it's like I want more people to play it and love it, but it's it's really um, difficult to do so. I, what I'm kind of thinking, I really want you guys to see it, but you kind of can't play two at once because of just right. the nature of how it saves. Right. Um, so I'm thinking we'll, you know, when we like finish one or when we're at like a reset point, we'll like, play one of the four just so you guys can like see it and kind of right. experience it because i think you'll um i think you'll get into it mechanically it's it's really simple but just just interesting and i love the stories the randomness um 
I'm having a hard time thinking of like, I want more games like Seventh Continent to be made. I just think it's great. <laughs> so played a little bit of that. And then we played, we played Root again with the kids. Little, I'm getting a little squishy on my love for that. I'm just, I have some concerns around the game balance. Little, little consistently one, one side wins. And... Yeah. I, I feel like some faction or two in particular have, are really have, are behind the eight ball. really have a hard time mm-hmm. winning. You know, it's one of these games that is so much on the hype train right now that anyone who says a bad word about it is just shouted down. <laughs> I mean, there was somebody like wrote a negative review and they got like a six page thread around you know, all the stuff, I mean, people going crazy, although shut up and sit down, just gave it a not very good review. So that'll be interesting. Cause those guys are like the golden, the golden boys of game reviews. <laughs> right. And so it'll be interesting to see if there's any backlash from, from that. I still think it's a great game. It's got a lot of great things, but in terms of long term, kind of my love for it, I kind of see that fading a little bit. So um yeah yeah. The, yeah go ahead i mean I, I so i was i was intrigued by both the art and uh kind of the the, the complete presentation ace, is amazing the presentation and the asymmetry right like of the the different kind of play styles and that just in and of itself sounded interesting in a way that you know that sort of thing wrapped in you know the french revolution really thickly wouldn't attract me (laughs) sure but here's the here's the like the fundamental problem i feel with the game is that you ultimately kind of when you take your turn you don't care what anybody else does you just want your turn to come back again and so you're not it it ends up feeling like disconnected like you it's like jerk solitaire it's like kind of and you can't really (laughs) plan because you don't know what's the what it's going to look like when it comes up to be your turn. And because everybody's doing such different things, like I'm paying attention to what everyone's doing. Cause I'm kind of running the game for the family and just making sure they all mm-hmm. know what they're doing and, and, and everything. But I don't feel like every other player is that engaged or invested in what other players are doing that you might be in a lot of other games that I play. Right. And it, it just feels kind of capricious in terms of who wins. And I think there's a lot of really great stuff about it. I'm just, I'm just don't, I don't see it as being like this, you know, perfect 10 type right, game. Right. It's yeah. not, I mean, it's, 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 not it's problematic. It's not perfect. It's got yeah. problems. I think there's a lot of good things about it. I will still play. It's just that I'm playing kind of with reservations about, well, for instance, I don't want to play the cats. I think the cats are, I don't think you can win unless you play a particular, like a certain set of things happen. Right. So it's just certain things. I'm a little sour and the kids absolutely love the theme. I mean, it's just, you know, a joy for me to see my daughter. She plays the birds and programming her whole decree and getting into that. I mean, that is just amazing for me to see her get all into it like that. Mm-hmm. And like uh, Stacy won the game yesterday and my daughter was next to play and she wanted to still play out her turn. Not cause she was like bummed, <laughs> but she just wanted to like see the whole thing unfold. And uh-huh. like, could I have gotten the points and, you know, just all excited about that. And that's, you know, it was like a dad gamer. That's, that's pretty cool. I, I like that. So, I mean, we'll, we'll kind of keep, playing that and exploring the space we still have plenty to explore in it i i'm just it's kind of like when you uh what's the analogy where you, where you go in and and everything looks wonderful and then you like hit you know you touch to the side and you like feel a wall like right like you feel the false wall like not everything is like as open as it looks mm-hmm. and it like you hit the back of the movie set type of thing that's a little <laughs> bit what this feels like i feel like as i play this a little bit more i think i've played it seven times now mm-hmm. I'm able to sort of feel where the rough edges and the walls are that I wasn't sure about at first. Do you think, do you think that's savable? Do you think a, 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 some slight mods would make a difference? I do. Yeah. I do. But I think people need to be honest around 
what might be some of the flaws. And almost always when there's flaws in design or in balance, you'll see people come up with their own variants or their own fixes. And those are the sort of things that get rolled into additional editions of a game. So I do think as a lot of play happens, you'll, you'll see that, you know, another game that's not totally asymmetric, but has like balance issues is like twilight Imperium, right? Mm. You have 17 races in that game. They're not all perfectly balanced. Certain races are going to be better than others. People keep, you know, as a community, a huge spreadsheet of like what races win more and certainly some win more than others. But what happens is a a meta develops, right? A meta game develops of if you play a race that's not as powerful or you play a race that's as powerful, the table, if everyone has that information, sort of plays against you if you're playing a more traditionally powerful race as opposed to a weaker one, they they don't get on you as much from the beginning. So the meta kind of balances it out. And I think that a similar thing will happen with root and it's already happening. I can see where I see the woodland Alliance, the, the mice is super powerful. So the, my meta is to like stomp on them from the beginning, because if you don't, they will win. So I feel like that that's kind of <laughs> what has to happen, but I could also see rule variants kind of coming out as well. And another thing I kind of, unrelated i just wanted to mention is a new place opened up down the street oh yeah yeah the the game lounge Mm -hmm. opened up on colfax just like two blocks from my house and we've been over there a couple times and it's uh they're trying to be kind of a lot of different things you know so they're not a just a straight up board game cafe where it's like you know the standard model that you see is you know pay five bucks play whatever you want and they'll have food like games first they having revenue that way and then make some money off of food and drinks right there's a little bit more of you know bar and food and then they have outdoor games and indoor games that are all free to play right right so i feel like no cover no cover yeah no cover but the the focus is a little bit different right because at a traditional board game cafe since you're paying for the library you have to have that top-notch library because that's kind of the cover right right it's kind of like going and paying a cover for a band the band's got to be good Mm -hmm. to, to pay for that um and so i think you know, these guys have a little bit different focus. They're not necessarily like our board game collection first. It's like a part of the overall picture picture of what yeah. they're trying to do. Okay. So we've been there a couple of times. Um, and I mean, they're still getting their feet under them in terms of, you know, uh, what's, what's happening and, you know, kind of what they're promoting and stuff. But the atmosphere inside is, is great. Um, seems like people are excited from the neighborhood to, to, you know, show up. Um, I need to get back there, you know, for a third time. And, you know, seems like they, you know, they're figuring out kind of as they go, like what, what's going to work, what's not, you know, what type of games are getting played, what aren't, mm. and just kind of getting all that. I'm mostly just excited because it's, you know, cool to see that type of place uh, popping up and two blocks from my house. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> pretty, pretty neat. I'm thinking, you know, maybe we might record over there soon or something. Yeah, well, we can a, try. Yeah. We can try and see how that, uh, see how that goes. I know you need to get over there. Check it out. I do. I do. What did you play when you were over there? Yeah. So we played. So we went on their soft opening night and the kids, uh, it was our kids and my neighbor's kid, they were all playing uh, Loop and Louie, mm. which have you ever seen this? Mm-mm. It's so, you know, it's, it's in the old style of like Mr. Mouth and Hungry Hungry Hippos, like the physical. Yeah. Okay. The smack know, the thing. The smack the thing game. Yeah, exactly. So in Loop and Louie, there's this guy in a biplane that's rotating around on some battery operated motor. Hmm. Right. And he's, and it's on like an arm. And you have three discs that are, you know, it's a, like Mr. Mouth style where there's four stations to be at. And you have three discs. And if you do, if nobody did anything, Louis would just fly by and knock over one of your discs and then knock another disc. So you, you have a little lever that you whack the thing to make Loop and Louie fly and do spins on his arm away from your 
coins and like hopefully land on someone else's coin where they can't whack it and it just goes round and round. Kids probably play that for two hours and then it's like, <laughs> you know, it's kind of a fascinating thing because it's more exciting than just hungry, hungry hippos where the neck goes out. Yeah. Because yeah. Louis, like, you know, he spins dynamic, around and he's yeah. dynamic. Yeah. So it's, it's, it was pretty cool. But uh, we played, we had a game, a four player game of Carcassonne that we played. Uh, we played number nine, which is a really simple little tile laying game with numerals mm. uh really light um so that was pretty fun um and then we stacy and i went back just the two of us and we played potion explosion <laughs> which was uh quite a bit of fun uh marbles kind of like reminds you like a candy crush or candy crush board game but candy crush board game tactile yeah. but tactile yeah where the where the marbles are coming out of this uh little tray in five different columns and you're picking them up to fill up potions and getting combos you know you you pick out the red one that's in between two blue ones and the blue ones smack together and you get the blue ones as well and you might chain reaction style combo <laughs> stuff and that's that, that was fun i'd i'd seen it before i'd played it i actually played it at the iphone game a whole bunch um and thought oh i don't really need to play the board game and i don't think i would buy it but I would totally go back to Game Lounge and play that. Like, mm-hmm. if you guys wanted to go there, I'd be like, let's play this. Like, I think you'll, I think you'll <laughs> enjoy it. So we played that, and we played uh, a game called Topiary, oh. which is about shrubbery. Did you make an make a elephant out of a shrubbery? <laughs> no, but no. the game is all about placing your little people around the edges of the garden to have the best views of all the different shaped Oh, you just want to see. You just want to see you the shrubbery. You actually make them. You just want to view. This it's is like... a weird little game. So <laughs> if I invented this game, if I designed this game, I would be super proud. I'd be like, this is great. But it's, I just don't ever see the need to like. View shrubbery? View, yeah, just the, the theme. <laughs> It's like it was mechanically interesting, but the theme of viewing shrubbery was just not doing it for me. Well, yeah, you need to get a glass of port after your. <laughs> oh no! So, <laughs> so that's what we played. I mean, they have a they have a number of stuff there that I don't own or haven't played that uh, you know still want to check out. So yeah, Game Lounge on Colfax in Denver. Sweet. Well, so subscription model as eels is from John Roderick from Roderick on the Line. I, okay, I was wondering yeah, if you were yeah, going to yeah. say John Roderick or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are we talking a- about the Omnibus podcast? Omnibus? What? John Roderick and Ken Jennings do a podcast together called Omnibus where they just, you know, Ken Jennings from Jeopardy? Mm. Yeah, the, the the guy who kept winning over. Yeah, over. he's like yeah. the most famous Jeopardy winner. Right, right, right. Yeah. So the the two of them do a podcast together called Omnibus, and the conceit of the podcast is that they're recording information about esoteric things of today for the aliens that find us in the future. <laughs> so, so Roderick Roderick did, and I think he still does. I I, I haven't listened to it for a while. Uh, a show called Roderick on the Line with Merlin Mann, and and that's where I remember at least uh, that's where I remember. Uh, the, the kind of rants about not needing another eel, um, attached to you, you know, lamprey or whatever, sucking the blood out of you every day. Gotcha. (laughs) Subscription model fun. Um, (laughs) so, well, this has been context free. We've enjoyed it. Uh, keep on listening. We are on, I'm on Instagram and, uh, check out, post a lot of pictures of games that I'm playing there at uh in kegs on twitter and i hope that you guys have a great month gaming bye our theme music is chocolate and cocaine by lorenzo's music check out lorenzo's music at lorenzosmusic.com context free is a is a contrarian content production 
Uh, find out more along with our various detailed, wonderful show notes that contain lots of links about pretty much everything we discuss at contextfree.fm. Thanks. <laughs>